Welcome to the Voices of Young People podcast, brought to you by Springtide Research Institute. In each episode, we hear directly from young people as they respond to our research and share about the issues impacting their lives. As sociologists and researchers, we see a new story unfolding for young people, one that moves beyond traditional institutional boundaries and requires careful attention to the inner and outer lives of emerging generations. At the intersection of being and becoming, it's the Voices of Young People. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this fourth episode of season three of the Voices of Young People podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Dr. Josh Packard, Executive Director of Springtide Research Institute. And this season, if you've been listening along, you know that this season is all about hearing directly from young people, 13 to 25 year olds, about how their faith impacts their life. Um, the corresponding report that goes with this is the state of religion and young people, which you can find on our website, you can find hard copies available at Amazon. Um, they're free and digital download, thanks to a very uh, generous donation from a foundation and just $10 in print. So make sure you pick one up. We lay out not only the sort of landscape of religion um, and young people, but also how you can increase your relational authority uh, so you can have more of an impact and influence in the lives of the young people that you serve. And part of that is making sure that we deeply understand their stories. And while the report has 10,000 survey responses and 150 in-depth interviews, th these podcasts are all about really just getting to hear this unfiltered, you know, experience of young people in religion directly from them. Uh, in this episode, then, we're going to hear from, from Karandeep Singh, and, and he describes why his Sikh faith is absolutely foundational to his worldview and how as a college student and an active member of his faith community, he aims to practice his religion in everyday moments. Let's sit back and take a listen. Hello, everybody. My name is Karandeep Singh. I'm currently living out here in California. I was born and raised over here. I'm a 19-year-old currently going to California State University, uh, East Bay in Hayward, California, and currently majoring in business finance. And I'm also... Um, someone that represents myself within the Sikh community. One of the main things that I would describe myself as being a Sikh or just Sikhs in general is that we are, um, you know, really people that first of all believe that everyone is equal, right? Uh, before in India, especially, we had this thing called a caste system when Sikhism came into play and completely our gurus completely abolished that sort of thinking, all right? Uh, we didn't think that there's no caste, and we didn't uh, put different, different. I don't want, I don't know how to say the word, but we didn't put like differences in people, right? We made sure that everyone was like the same, and also we really, um, what's it called? We really push forward. Uh, we have this thing called seva. Uh, seva basically means um, selfless service. Like we go out and help people without expecting anything in return, just because everyone is God's child, right? Uh, so that's why, you know, these things all play together, equality, everyone's the same, that's why we go out and, you know, do these things, especially in the community, if you guys ever, you know, ask what a sick man is, most a lot of people know that we are really selfless people. Um, on top of that, we also, you know, really believe that God is truly one, right? We, we believe that God is one, and everyone shares the same God, like everyone, Allah, Waiguru, you know, we say Waiguru is our God, right? Allah is from Muslims, right? So like all these things remain the same thing, but at the end of the day, God is God is one, right? We just call God uh, different names. 
And so that's the main thing with six. As for physical, physical attributes, it's obviously, you know, a turban and a beard, right? Facial hair. And um, what's it called? Like, you know, there also are some six that don't wear turbans or have facial hair, but they still represent themselves in the Sikh community, which uh, there's nothing wrong with that because because at the end of the day, truly, like we said, uh, we're all equal. And that's truly something that I personally stand by as well. And, uh, you know, whenever I go out, I make sure that if there's, you know, a person that's unfortunate, you know, they're on the street, you know, give them a little bit of something just to help them out, um, you know, with, with obviously without expecting anything in return, because that wouldn't be selfless service, which is what our gurus, uh, you know, taught us. When I think of a higher power or, um, you know, God in general, first of all, a little history um, back in the day around like the 1500s, uh, you know, stuff like that. We used to have uh, gurus, right? Now, these gurus, um, they were basically like God's disciples, right? That was the closest thing we had to God because God, for example, in our religion, we truly don't believe God is like a physical man or woman. Uh, we, we believe like God is like an entity, right? And so these gurus, what they had was they had the, uh, they had God's light, uh, also known as Jot, right? Jot means light in our, um, you know, language. So we had 10 gurus, right? And when one guru passed the Jot to the other guru, that's how like we had the 10 gurus. Right. And after our 10th guru, he basically said that now, um, you know, after all the course of time, they basically had, you know, these holy scriptures that we call the Guru Granth Sahib. He said, this is your guys' last and final guru. Right. This, these holy scriptures. So if you ever go into like, a, a, you know, a Gurdwara, which is a Sikh temple, basically, you will always see that there's one priest, uh, what's it called, sitting behind a big book, per se. And that is known as a Guru Granth Sahib. So that is, you know, that that has a Guru's jolt for us. But at the end of the day, that's like God. But God himself or herself, you know, is an entity. All right. So that's what we believe as for God. I personally do attend places of worship uh, or, you know, you could call it a temple too, but mainly what we call it, we call it a, a Gurdwara, which literally translates to like the door to the guru, like a door to God, basically. All right. So, um, you know, we, and especially in the Western world, like a lot of my friends, right, they always say Sikh temple. It would be much nicer for everyone to call it a Gurdwara because that's actually what it's called. Like, you know, we don't call a, um, you know, a mosque, a, a Muslim temple, right? We are like, everyone has their respectful names towards other people's religions. And so, yeah, we do, I do go to the um, Gurdwara and that's something that we do every Sunday. Um, you know, it's not like, like, oh, you can only come here every Sunday. You could go to the Gurdwara literally every day. And, you know, it's especially um, on Sundays, that's when we really all get together. That's when we have like a mass gathering and we just pray. Uh, we sing, you know, religious songs. And um, there's always um, a, a priest. We call this priest uh, Katakar, which means um, this is, there's this uh, person that, you know, has what's it called, knowledge of the Guru Granth Sahib, and is basically, you know, taking lines from there and explaining them to us, right? Explaining God's words. And so 
we, you know, I personally, my family too, we go here every Sunday, but now because of COVID, it's a little hard to do that because, um, you know, like <laughs> safety precautions, but, um, you know, we still do our part, like at home, we'll get together, we'll, we'll pray together. And um, I don't think honestly, that's something that I would ever stop. And, you know, personally, I would, I would, you know, raise my kids to go the same way because, you know, like, I truly believe that on Sundays, it's like a, a family day and we're always like going together, remembering God. And it just feels peaceful out the whole, you know, hectic week. It's just that, that one day, like we take it to the side just to especially remember God, which we should be doing it every day. And don't get me wrong. We do do it every day, but um, on Sunday, it just feels good to come with the community and be one with the community and like, just, you know, put differences aside. One of the most sacred experiences I've had pertaining to my religion of Sikhism was when my family and I, we went to India um, in the state called Amritsar. It's a state bordering Pakistan. And so um, in that state, we have um, a Gurdwara called the um, Shri Harmandir Sahib, or what other people know, know it as is the Golden Temple, because it's actually like, you know, made out of gold. And um, so this temple, this Gurdwara, right, there's always... Um, you know, our community is always there every single day, every single day. It's like literally operating 24 seven. All right. And so with that and the most sacred experience and the reason that puts lots of importance to my family or the Sikh community overall, like there's not one Sikh person that does not know what the Sri Hermandir Sahib is, that does not know what the Golden Temple is. Like they don't, they, they probably don't even know anything about it, but they just know that it exists, exists, right? That's how important it is. So because that was the, first place where um i forgot which guru was it my bad i think it's a ninth or tenth one it was, it was either uh shri guru tekabadraji or shri guru gobisingji um what's it called they basically housed the first holy book in there which was what i was saying was the guru Sahib. that's where the first holy holy book was right for the six so this temple is also really different from the other godars that are, that we have um it's basically surrounded by a uh surrounded by a big uh pool of water all right we call it a sarover which means like the holy pool you know uh, so we you know we truly believe this water you know has um holiness to it because of how it's situated and the stories that they were pertaining to this water before as well but anyways when we actually went into the temple right we had to walk all around the square then we had to get into then we got into a temple and just and there, um, I don't want to say like vibe, but truly like the vibe was truly, truly different. And um, just, you know, going there and bowing down to the Guru Granth Sahib, you know, paying respects, it truly felt different from everything else. Because mainly I live in Stockton, California, maybe because I go here every week to Stockton. It, uh, you know, when I went over there, it was totally different. But I just felt more connected to my religion more connected to my people i just felt like i understood more i was asking more questions because that place had a real historical value also to our um religion so you know th there was so many things like each corner that i turned there was there was something i didn't know i asked my mom I asked my dad what does this mean what is that and it just made me truly appreciate my religion even more and it made me appreciate my people more my gurus people that fought, you know the martyrs that fought for our religion uh, even though it's one of the youngest religions that I think it is one of the most youngest religion, um, you know, it's the, and, but now it's like the fifth largest religion, right? And it shows, um, you know, that we're 
you know, we, we are like, you know, people that are genuinely here, you know, trying to help people out. So that was just, you know, one of the most sacred experiences for me, just going there and paying respects to, you know, the past, the history, where everything started from. I actually do a lot of things to practice my um, religion to the best of my extent. Um, I'm not perfect, but whatever I do, I do it in, you know, remembering my God, remembering what my gurus told me. So, for example, um, I keep long hair. I do have a, a turban. And, uh, you know, that's not because, oh, it's a, it's a style, right? It's because uh, there's so many stories related to um, our hair, right? My hair. Right. Um, for example, the main reason we don't cut is because uh, we were told by our gurus that we are God's creation. And why would you damage God's creation? Why would you alter it? All right. So that was one of the main reasons that we don't cut hair. Like, you know, and I'm proud of that. Like you know, when everyone asks me well, how long my hair is, I, I would say it's you know below my waist. Right. Because, you know, it's something that I've been growing and I'm attached to. It's, it's not like it's like something I'm attached to just because I know what my people have done in the past to protect their religions, to protect their identity. Um, for example, um, I don't remember what this certain uh, martyr's name was, uh, forgive me, but basically he was basically told by the Mughals, which were um, back then they were Islamic. They were trying to, they were trying to, um, what's it called? For six to convert to, you know, uh, Islamism to be Muslim. And they were trying to cut his hair. And he said, you can't cut my hair. I'd rather have my scalp cut off than my hair. All right. So, you know, you know what happened after that? His, his scalp got cut off, but his hair was still intact. All right. And uh, there's been so many, uh, you know, battles and sacrifices um, that our people have done back in the day that it doesn't feel right for me not to have long hair. And it's something that I truly identify myself as like, it's one of the main things like as other people see too, is like, Oh, that's a sick man. He has a turban on. Right. Uh, so that's one thing. Another thing I do is like I said, we do go to, you know, the good on Sundays and we do um, pray, right. We do read what's it called prayers that our gurus have written. And, you know, we don't do this just on Sundays. We do this every day. Um, every night before I go to sleep, I read this one prayer called the, Kirtan Sohela. Uh, I don't know the exact translation to it, but basically it's a prayer that we do at night before we're about to go to sleep. And my mom basically explained explain to me that this prayer, it helps you, uh, what's it called? It basically protects you while you're sleeping. Uh, so, you know, and, uh, you know, when I was a, a, a little kid, it, honestly, I, I didn't believe it. But, you know, when I started having nightmares and bad dreams, I remember if I can't even fall asleep, I would do this prayer and my night would just be so peaceful. Uh, you know, I wake up at like around five or six and I wouldn't have any bad dreams, nothing like that. So, you know, that was one of the main things for me, too. And on top of that, you know, you know, keeping my hair right, uh, you know, praying, uh, that's just things for myself. Right. But one of our main things our gurus always told us is, first of all, is um, is Vandike Shako, which means Vandike Shako means whatever you have distributed and shared with other people as well. Uh, so, you know, that's something that I've, I've always truly done in my, in my life. Um, you know, for example, let's say, um, you know, I, I do, I do work and uh, whenever I got some of my paycheck, um, I would set some money aside and it would either donate it to the Gurdwara or I actually like stopped doing that because 
um, first of all, we're not going to go there anymore. But second of all, I started just, you know, actually going out and getting homeless people uh, food. All right. Um, that's also another form of uh, selfless service, a.k.a. Sewa, right? Sewa, which means selfless service. So, you know, on top of that, uh, you know, we always say that we're all equal, right? That's why uh, my last name is Singh, right? Uh, so for women, their last name is Kaur, right? Before when we had cast, we would have different last names, right? There would be so many, so many last names that would differentiate people, right? In different, different casts. And some people still keep those last names to this day, which, um, you know, there's, there's very controversial views on that. For example, for me personally, me, I think that some people genuinely just keep it just to like, be like, oh, this was my background. This was, this was who I was, which, you know, might be like, oh, that, that is differentiating yourself a little bit, but that's a whole different topic that I don't want to get into too much. But um, basically that's why we, my last name is Singh, right? And, you know, we have girls, their last name is Poor, right? That's why everyone asks, oh, why is your last name the same as his last name or to a girl why is your last name the same as her last name and that's because our guru said this is your guys last name you guys are our children right you guys are all our children and there's no there's nothing to differentiate you guys between between you so you know that's another thing i have my last name as saying uh you know and then yeah like i said um sewa is the main main thing i personally always you know I personally always feel the best when I go ahead and, you know, help out someone unfortunate and, you know, not even like no one is seeing me, no one's looking at me, no one's recognizing me. I'm just genuinely doing this because the inner me, my, my soul feels like fed, you know? Uh, so that's why I, I love, I love going out to do sale. And that's, you know, that's the main thing I, I do. And it, it means so, it means so much to me this, you know, like I'm always uh, driving whenever I see someone on the side of the, you know, freeway exit. I always have a, a box of chips in my, in the back seat. And, you know, I always have a water bottle with me because I drink, you know, water a lot. So if it's, if it's unopened and I have a bag of chips, best believe is going to that person. So I believe the overall value and influence that um, sick has in had my life it's basically in the everyday way that I act, right? It's not like, like, I'll be like, okay, I feel like not being sick right now. So I'm just going to be me, <laughs> you know, sick is me. I'm sick. Right. So, um, for example, um, you know, whenever I talk about my religion or my faith or who I am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always confident about it and passionate about it because I know what my gurus have taught me is something that's helped me and, you know, countless and thousands of other people. All right. And so, for example, like, you know, when, when I'm always out, like I said, you know, Sewa is one of the main things for me, right. That's why I'm, I'm a naturally just giving person, like, you know, even like in anything I do, not even to unfortunate people, right. To homeless people, even just to anyone. Right. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always, I'm always giving, I'm always the one, as you know, people like to see on the street breaking bread, right? If my first, if my boy is not, you know, is not, is not eating like we had school lunches, I would give him some of my food, right? If he was hungry, you know, his parents are not taking good care of him. We go out, uh, you know, during high school lunch, we go get food, right? I I pay for him, right? And that's that's nothing that I expected. I expected back from him, you know. I didn't even know him like that too. It was just because, um, you know, that's something my guru told told me to do, right? Uh, for example, right? Uh, we're taught that. God is always in, inside us, you know? So whenever I would, you know, give um, something to homeless people, everyone, they always say, God bless you, right? And that, that, that's, that's what truly makes me feel whole is because, 
our gurus told us that God is within everyone. So if, if that person is telling you, God bless you, isn't that God blessing you? And first of all, you're doing what God told you to do anyways. All right. So all these, all these things play into part um, in my, in my life, uh, you know, and then uh, especially with other, um, other groups, you know, that everyone is equal. doesn't matter if you're black, brown, white, pink, orange, yellow, right. Or, or all the, we're all the same. So that's, that's one of the main things that I love, even though like, you know, some people don't have those views, which, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's on them. Uh, still, we will, we will still always have those views, right? That's why, uh, you know, we're one of the most, um, help, helpful people is that even if you don't see us the same, we still see you the same because that's what our gurus, uh, you know, taught us to do. One of the, main i would say um you know you could say mentors or faithful leaders but someone that has taught me a lot about my religion or basically paved the way for me really honestly my mother i truly believe if she did not teach me uh you know anything about sikhism i probably wouldn't have learned anything at all i wouldn't learn anything about my religion and on top of that i wouldn't be actively going out going on google searching these things trying to see what's real what's not real right uh trying to see what's true and what's not true um, and so I really respect my mom, my mom for that, because, um, you know, she is like my, my mentor for, per se, for, for religious um, purposes. Um, because if she, yeah, if she didn't tell me anything, I, I wouldn't know anything about religion. I wouldn't know these stories. I wouldn't know the sacrifice that people have made. And honestly, it's sad sometimes because there's truly um, people that even in my family, that I have like cousins or, you know, people like that that don't even know who they really are like they just call themselves sick but they don't know what that means right they kind of like if you if i'm pretty sure if i asked them they would know what that means so it's really important to know your your background especially when it's new religion and people are gonna have lots of questions about it and then i ask you you want to you know ex explain your religion so now i know like you know if whoever asked me about my religion i already know what to say i already you know it's basically the same things whatever my guru told me right uh, whatever my whatever my mom has told me, because my mom she she is a very religious person. She always said to me that I make sure, even to my she said to my dad, I make sure that our kids know what our religion is, who they are, and uh, where they came from, and you know to have that spiritual connection. Because um, she always said you could have all the money in the world, you could be fit and all that stuff, but spiritual uh connection is something everyone needs and you know people achieve it through different ways like you know like for me i'm i'm sick right so i pray i do selfless service right um you know there's other people that they do yoga and things like that uh so everyone has their own uh spiritual fulfillment and that's kind of, i i learned to get that spiritual fulfillment from my mother and my gurus Visit springtideresearch.org to hear more voices of young people and to download the State of Religion and Young People 2020 report, which is free thanks to a very generous donation. Today's show was produced by Marta Abuaji and TJ Birnbaum with original music by high school student Christian Unthank. Special thanks to our guest today and to all the young people whose perspectives and insights make our research possible. Remember to find us on social media at We Are Springtide and share your own stories with the hashtag show up for young people. Thanks for listening.